electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. This is a CNBC special presentation. Elon Musk, live one-on-one with David Faber. Looking live at Tesla headquarters in Austin, Texas, and the room where in just minutes, our own David Faber will be sitting down for a rare one-on-one interview with Tesla's chairman and CEO, Elon Musk. A no-holds-barred conversation about everything from Tesla's future, the new Twitter CEO he hired from NBCU, SpaceX, AI, China, and a lot more. Here with us tonight to break down what we're going to hear, uh, Phil LeBeau, Fast Money Trader Dan Nathan, CNBC contributor Gene Munster. Also with us, Julia Borston, focus on Twitter, social media. Morgan Brennan will join us later to discuss SpaceX. I'm Carl Quintanilla, live at the NASDAQ market side, and welcome to the CNBC special presentation. We begin tonight with the annual shareholder meeting that just wrapped up for Tesla. Shares of the auto EV maker have been uh, trading after hours. Phil LeBeau has been following the action. we got some headlines going into this interview, Phil. A few headlines. You know, what stands out is that often these annual meetings get a little weird, get a little fanboyish with people screaming, we love you, Elon, and he kind of hems and haws, and we don't get much out of them. I thought there were a couple of nuggets within... Uh, tonight's presentation, one of them being that he sees two new products that will be coming. Now, we know that there are going to be more products, um, but the question has always been, when will we hear about these? When, what will these new products be? He wouldn't give a timeline, nor would he say what exactly they're going to be. But you get a sense that there is a roadmap. Not that we didn't think there was one before, but now we get a little better sense that there is a roadmap Uh, In terms of when they have new products coming, I'm sure there's going to be an entry-level model in there. And whether another model is more of a traditional-looking SUV, that remains to be seen. So that was one nugget that was within uh, the the presentation tonight, as well as I think he came across as pretty confident about where Tesla is and where it's headed, despite the challenges with the economy. Uh, Not to mention the headline you brought us a few moments ago about succession or lack of succession, right? Dan, what does that mean for the name? Uh, yeah, I think it's important. I mean, when you look at his universe and you look at how many companies he is a CEO of, I think it really is important to see who's next because he really does have his hands full on a lot of really big businesses. You think of the valuation of SpaceX in the private markets over $100 billion. At one point, you know, Tesla was over a trillion dollars, right? He bought a company in Twitter for $44 billion. It's worth much less right now. And so when you think about it, and you just mentioned who he just hired, I know Julia's going to go into that. For Twitter, this is really important because I, it's been my view that, you know, this whole Twitter purchase was really on the shoulders of Tesla shareholders, if you think about it, right? And all the risk of what happens with Twitter is right there because that's how he funded the purchase. And it's taken a lot of his attention over the last, call it, six to nine months or so. So those are things that are really important to me, too. As we watch them get set up there, Julia, talking about Twitter and this notion that maybe Linda Yaccarino will bring not just advertising sense to Twitter, but maybe Tesla ads to Twitter. We'll see. Yes, I mean, look, Linda Yaccarino was such a force as the head of NBC Universal's 
ads business, but also its partnerships. She was the one who had the relationship with all the big brands. She also understands what it's like to put content and also ads on Twitter because there was this long-standing relationship between NBC Universal and Twitter. So I think that she's the perfect person to grow Twitter's ad business, which is essential right now because this is a business that has suffered since Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. And then she also might explain to him the value of really marketing his brand, mm-hmm. uh, Tesla, along with that. Gene, are you seeing synergies between Twitter and the automaker that maybe were not visible, I don't know, even six months ago? Uh, no, maybe something around that advertising piece that you're talking about. But uh, no, I think this is, uh, in some ways, Elon's thinking good riddance with that question that Phil had talked about earlier related to how you're doing, Elon, in the Q&A. Uh, I think, uh, you know, he said he's going to be spending less time at Twitter. He didn't. He wanted to buy Twitter. He did not want to buy Twitter. I think there are very limited uh, synergies between the two. That's different than, of course, SpaceX and Tesla, when I think there is actually some substance in terms of the sharing between the companies. I'm sure one thing David's going to get to, Phil, is pricing and how much yep. it's been all over the map, how much it's gone counter to what the industry's doing. And as uh, Adam Jonas and Morgan Stanley has been asking, who is going to make uh, lower-priced EVs around the world other than the Chinese? They have the hammer. Tesla has the hammer in terms of brand strength, in terms of capacity, the ability to move and, and cut prices to stir demand. They will take advantage of that, as they should. I thought what was interesting today is the question at the end when somebody said, I don't understand or I don't think the public understands how you decide to move prices up or down. He said, it's pretty simple. We get real-time feedback in terms of orders coming and going. We adjust based on that. And that happens within the auto industry with a lot more lag time because automakers sell to dealers who then sell to the public. They don't have to deal with the dealers. Therefore, they can adjust prices quickly. Right. Yeah. Listen, I take issue a little bit with that. If you look at the last two quarters, you look at the results, you look at what they printed as a gross margin last year in 2022, which was above 25 percent. Consensus now calling for 19 percent. And with the credits that you get from the IRA, they're likely to be lower and they're likely to look a lot more like GM in Ford's margins. And I think that where they've kind of missed a little bit is that price elasticity. They thought that they could lower prices and they would get back the orders. They really didn't, Phil. I've been tracking your reporting of this in the last two quarters, and look what it did. It eviscerated their profitability. And without the credits, they would have had negative free cash flow in this quarter. So if Elon is correct about the economy, which he seems to be, he's had his finger on the pulse of that, that has been difficult for the last year and a half, and he just said it's likely to be difficult for another year, things might get worse here before they get better. Gene, what was your sense about uh, uh, Elon's comments so far, at least, about macro? and the way in which the global economy might be in for a rough 12 months? I think he's sandbagging. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a great 12 months, but he's doing what uh, Elon does. He historically has not been a good indicator on when to buy and sell the stock, and uh, he makes comments like this. He had made a comment a few months ago about being uh, a cash incinerator in Austin, and now uh, you know he, he makes these big comments to try to I think prepare people for the worst and build for the, the, the best. So I wasn't concerned about the macro. I do want to emphasize a point that uh, Phil and Dan were just talking about related to uh, some of the pricing and, and reading between the lines. Uh, I agree with uh, what Phil said that Elon uh, commented that they do real-time pricing adjustments just to make supply and demand bring in an equilibrium. Over the last uh, three months, the prices have come down by as much as 20%, but over the last few weeks, they've inched up by a couple percent. And so I think about that inching up of prices relative to his comments about the macro, and I think he's just sandbagging. 
I mean, remember another issue when you're talking about uh, economic challenges is advertising. The advertising industry is directly related to what's going on with the economy. And at Tesla, I'm sorry, excuse me, at Tesla, you have to worry about selling cars. But at Twitter, you have to worry about selling ads. And he really wanted to shift this over to be a subscription business. That has not happened in any meaningful way. This is still, Twitter is still primarily an ad-supported business. If the economy is suffering, there's a lot of talk about an ad winter um, and a lot of talk across the board about a pullback, not just in Twitter ads, but in, in ad spending across the board. Dan, do you think there's an um, element of the investor base that is buying Tesla because of what he might do long-term with Twitter as an X app, as some yeah. sort of payments mishmash that would coincide with your car? I don't think they're buying it for that. I mean, like, it's interesting that you pose it that way, Carl. When you think about what Apple's opportunity with the, in the auto space, we know it's a very software-driven thing. It's an operating system sort of thing, and that could make some sense, but that's going to take years to figure out. When I think about the X app and some of the things that he kind of, you know, thinks about when he's, you know, he thinks about some of these Chinese super apps, that sort of thing, it's going to take a long time to develop. They're going to be based on services. There's going to be some subscription. They're not going to be that ad support. And if you look at the way that advertisers have fleed this existing product right now, I don't really see why you think that this is going to come back anytime soon. That's advertising. Guys, the time has come. Let's get down to Austin and David. David, good evening. Yeah. Carl, thank you. Uh, I am here with Elon Musk. He's, he's getting everything ready on uh, Twitter spaces. So join us there as well. But of course, you can just watch us live here. Uh, at the Gigafactory in Austin. Thank you for allowing us to, to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it's quite something to just sit and watch for quite some time. Um, yeah, this, this is actually where um, I don't actually have an office here. I, I either walk the floor or I hold meetings in this room. Okay. Um, and um, this room allows me to see what's going on with uh, production uh, while I'm holding meetings. Is there one particular production that you focus on when you're here or that you sort of your eyes always go to or you, you actually walk over to? Um, well, this is the end of line that we're seeing here. So if, uh, if cars aren't moving, um, that means there's, there's some blockage upstream, and then I can go and see what that blockage is. Um, so I think we might be on a break right now. But if vehicle end of line is not moving, that means there's something upstream that's wrong. Got it. Uh, well, it's been amazing just to walk around the facility a bit and get a sense for the size. Um, all right, you just finished your annual meeting. You took a lot of questions from a very eager audience. Um, I feel like most of it you've shared before, but there was some news, and I want to start there. Advertising. You got a big <laughs> applause. You didn't yeah. sound like you were going to advertise that much, but you did at least seem to open the way to saying, okay, we might consider doing some advertising. Why? <clears throat> well, I mean, I believe in listen to, listening to shareholders and uh, I actually was surprised by the level of enthusiasm for advertising, um, since we have not historically done that. Um, but um, the, there perhaps is a, a, some good logic to it in that um, if, if we're simply uh, sending out information via, say, the, the Tesla Twitter account or my Twitter account, we're somewhat preaching to the converted um, and, um, and not reaching people that uh, are not already convinced, essentially. So I think they probably have a good point. We'll, we'll, I mean, I think it's worth a try, and we'll, we'll see. Uh, so we'll see how effective. Do you have any idea how you'd like to try it or what that would involve? Um, well, I mean, I have some general thoughts about advertising um, that, uh, that, you know, if, if advertising is informative um, and, uh, and entertaining, then uh, it, is, it, it can start to approach content. Um, so I think sometimes advertising is uh, perhaps uh, 
not informative or perhaps uh, in, some, in some cases a bit misleading. Um, and in fact, we've, we've lost some advertisers on, on Twitter because Community Notes applies to advertising too. And so if somebody advertises something that isn't um, uh, it's perhaps a, a bit inaccurate, uh, then it gets community noted, mm -hmm. and then they, they get mad and stop advertising. Uh, but we're, we, we care enough about uh, the, the truth that we're willing to give up, give up advertising dollars on Twitter, even if, uh, you know, in, in order to, to uh, in, have the most, the, the least inaccurate right. uh, source and of I, And I want to talk about that, uh, but I want to obviously spend some time on Tesla. Uh, again, back to ads, though. I mean, am I going to start to see Tesla ads during the NFL broadcast on a given... Sunday, Monday, Thursday, the NFL's always on. Well, bear in mind, I mean, I only just agreed to it, so it's not like I have a fully formed strategy. Okay. Um, well, how much time does go into when you think about these things? I mean, was it something you decided to do up on stage, or yeah. at least did you know coming in, I may, you know, if this comes up, that I may go there? No, I mean, the, the questions are not scripted in any way. Right. Uh, so, uh, so in that moment, you just said, all right, yeah. we'll do some ads. That's right. So we're only like 20 minutes later, and I'm asking you detailed questions. You yeah, don't have any I, I, answers, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure what, what the most effective thing is, except that, like I said, I believe that advertising should be uh, informative about a product. It should be um, ideally aesthetically pleasing. It should be you know, beautiful. It should have some artistic element to it. Um, and it should be something that uh, you don't regret watching after it's done. Um, and I think if advertising uh, fits those criteria that um, it starts to approach content, and that you, you want advertising that is as close to, to content as possible such that you don't regret the time you spent watching it. Mm -hmm. But you did say something as well, which is that you know, you've been preaching to the converted. You mentioned a few statistics, for example, about safety, about price during the meeting that may not be fully understood by the general auto buying yeah. public at large. Uh, yeah, so um, a lot of people still think Teslas are super expensive because we did start out um, with a, an expensive sports car, then like a slightly less expensive sedan and SUV. Um, but now we're at the point where the starting price of a Tesla is actually below the average uh, selling price of a car in, in the United States. So it, uh, Teslas are actually much more affordable than people realize. Um, and so uh, we should just make sure people at least know that. Right. Um, and that uh, Tesla is also the, the safest cars on the road. Uh, in, in, in so many ways that people, actually a lot of people at Tesla don't even know. Um, you know, sort of the cabin overheat protection, for example, or the fact that we continuously update the automatic emergency braking software and the, uh, the, the way the airbags deploy. Um, so we, 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 look, we look at an accident and we say, is there anything we could do from a software standpoint to improve the cars that are already on the road? Um, and then what can we uh, update in the design to improve safety? Um, so. Um, and the, I think that you know the, the statistics uh, speak for themselves. This is not simply a matter of opinion. It's, it's statistically it's, it's safer a, than anything else. Um, you mentioned affordability. It's something you discussed during your meeting. You've also discussed it a bit on the call, on the earnings call recently as well, uh, in relation to the Federal Reserve raising interest rates and obviously yes. the monthly cost for a typical auto buyer. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to be a tough 12 months ahead. You've said that a few times. Yes, for everyone, not just Tesla. Understood. So it's... Uh, um, I mean, it's simply, uh, you know, you can, you can think of raising the Fed, Fed rate as, as somewhat of a brake pedal in the economy, frankly. It's, uh, it's, um, it, it, it makes a lot of things more expensive, uh, certainly things that are bought with credit, but then it has downstream effects on, on even things that aren't bought with credit. So, um, you know, if, if the car payment or your home mortgage payment is absorbing 
more of your monthly budget, then you have less to money to buy other things. So actually, it, it affects everything, even those that aren't things that aren't bought on, right. on credit. So, um, and and my concern with the with the, the way the, the Federal Reserve is making decisions is that they they're just operating with um, too much latency. Basically, the, the data is, is is somewhat stale. So they so the Federal Reserve was was slow to raise interest rates. Um, and, and, and now I think they are, are slow to, they're, they're going to be slow to lower them. That, that's, that, that appears to be the case. Yeah, that may well be. We spent a lot of time talking about that, as you might imagine, on CNBC, <laughs> yes. perhaps too much. But when it comes to latency, that takes me to pricing, because you've discussed the lack of latency in your own ability to understand exactly what's going on in the market for those cars, uh, as opposed uh, to yeah. many of the legacy and other yes, yes. competitors. Uh, we, we have real-time information on demand. So, right. Um, so we, we know how many people placed an order for a Tesla yesterday. So the, the computer calculates that all, um, and, and literally every day we get um, a you know an automated uh, email to the exec staff that says how many people placed an order in which countries uh, for which cars. Uh, and so we, we know what demand we know we know what the orders were, were yesterday. Um, and um, now you don't want to overreact to these things because sometimes you get like little dips for you know reasons that are hard to explain. Do you um, look at them every day? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like I said, you don't want to overreact to to uh, you know if, if like a week is slow or something. You don't want to overreact to that. Um, but uh, if you, but if you look at the trend, say for uh, the, the over two two week span or something like that, you can see that okay, there's this for, for some reason uh, the. Demand is is uh, less than it was, or or it's higher. Mm -hmm. um, Do you adjust pricing? To, yeah, yeah. To that? I mean, is that are you, are you almost like an airline at this point in terms of kind of you we're, know we're, we're, dynamic we're, pricing model? Yes. So um, we we we're basically adjust our pricing to to match demand, um, and. Um, we obviously did a big price drop in Q1, but now, now January is, is usually a terrible time for car buying. Um, so there's the seasonality to car purchases. Um, with January, January, January is often the worst month. Um, so, um, so we did we did a big price drop, and then and then uh, then recently we, we did we did a price increase. So, um, as I mentioned to the audience, uh, the the reality is that uh, all companies do significant. All car companies make significant adjustments to price because you've got the MSRP number, um, and then if uh, demand is high, uh, dealers will charge some premium over MSRP. If demand is lower, they'll they will have uh, manufacturer incentives. So the, 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 you can actually see a very big difference uh, over the course of say six months uh, between uh, the peak to trough of of all cars. It's just that t Tesla is so immediate and obvious and transparent. It's not. A question of MSRP and then markups or discounts. Right, um, but after your last earnings, a lot of investors came away wanting to talk about your margins and wanting to talk about your pricing. In particular, I think you know you talked about vehicle cost reduction. You sort of even said it's hard to explain the profundity of technically selling cars now for no profit and still yielding tremendous economics over time. Yes. Um, I'd like you to explain a little bit more of what that means. You did a bit in the meeting as well. You're yeah. talking about sort of the move, I think, from manual to autonomous and the value add that will come along with that. But explain to people why that's profound and why conceivably, not that you want to, you could sell automobiles now for no profit and still make enormous profit in the future. Uh, yeah, so um, Tesla is the only 
uh, car companies selling cars that where, where we believe the, the car is capable of achieving full autonomy with a software update. So the, the value of a fully autonomous, uh, or fully autonomous car is, um, we think, um, perhaps uh, five times more valuable than a non-autonomous car. Why? Well, uh, the utility of a car, typically a passenger car, is going to be maybe 10, 10 hours a week, maybe 12. Um, uh, if you say like somebody's going to drive uh, an hour and a half a day on average, uh, so maybe maybe an, uh, an hour commute per day and then an occasional long trip, but figure it's like t 10, 12 hours yeah. a week is typical for um, uh, a passenger vehicle. Um, and then uh, uh, you also have a lot of costs associated with parking. You need a garage, or you've got to buy a parking space, or you've got to get a, you know, get a parking ticket at the, at the mall. It's, there's a lot of costs associated with cars. Um, and uh, now if you've got a car that's autonomous, um, that can go around and essentially be an, like an autonomous Uber, um, the utility, I think, is, is going to be, well, it's going to be much higher, perhaps uh, you know, and this again, this is somewhat speculative. I understand. Um, We're talking about robo taxis here, or at least what people have called, or you have called. Yeah, robo -taxis. like an autonomous Uber is, right. is, is what you think about. So right. perhaps uh, the utility then would be on the order of 50 hours a week. Mm -hmm. This is just a guess. Say, say there's 168 hours in a week, um, and probably as a rough guess, an autonomous car is will be able to uh, be active instead of for for 10 hours a week, probably in our, in our view for about 50. Um, right. But it's the same car, so the and it costs the same to build. Um, but so you're, I want to understand the business model a little bit because I'm buying the car, and instead of it parking at my lot while I'm working, it goes off and picks people up and drops them off. Yes. Who's making the money from that? I assume that's the value add you're talking about. Is it a revenue share? Do you have this yeah. model sort of planned out specifically as how it would look? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been in the Tesla terms and conditions for, for quite a long time. Oh, it has. Uh, yeah, so uh, the the owner of the car would make uh, I don't know some amount. It, it, who knows what it would be, but perhaps uh, it, it, you know it could be a 50-50 split or 70-30. I, I don't know, but um, the, the the cars are are if, if you buy a Tesla car, it can only be used in a Tesla network. It cannot be used in someone else's network. So um, that that means that. Uh, if the car is able to be used five times as much, it, and, and um, it, it, Tesla is likely to make basically two or three times the original value or sale value of the car um, in in robo taxi revenue. Right. right. This this is this is gigantic. Um, as I said, Thorne, it'll be like selling cars for software margins, mm -hmm. because in fact it is software. Right. Um, so um, in, instead of Effectively having, say, uh, 25 cent um, margins, it might be 70, or 70 percent or more, um, and uh, I mean the, the the free cash flow associated with that it w is actually truly a staggering uh, amount. Um, uh, the, the best analysis that I've seen thus far about this is uh, from uh, Kathy Woods from uh, Ark Invest. Mm -hmm. We know Kathy well. Yeah, she's cool. great. Yep. Um, I would assume you like her, obviously. She's been a huge proponent of your stock for many years. Was right, by the way, very early on. She was right. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I, I thought she was being optimistic, but I, I, she turned out to be, in fact, uh, almost spot on. Yeah. Um, and I am familiar somewhat with her analysis. What a lot of investors come back to, or everybody, is, yeah. is your promises of, of full autonomy. Um, 
And you seem to be saying, again, it's close. Um, yeah. You said it before. You know that. Um, um, yes. No, I mean, you said I, it in I, 19, I, I think about 20. And, you I, know, it's I, sort okay. of, yeah, I've certainly been, um, you know, if, if I, I, I guess I have somewhat of a pathological optimism. Um, well, it works, by the way, because you don't end up with this unless you're optimistic. But yeah, exactly. I mean, who would try to do this or, and, and this and, and rockets if they, if they weren't pathologically optimistic? No, I, you'd have to be. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a you know there's a double-edged sword, I guess. Um, but, but but you know, do you ever say to yourself, "All right, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here"? I mean, when you said again, "We're going to have full autonomy." No, I didn't say we will. I said I think, you think, in my opinion, we probably will. Okay. Um, right. There's a number of qualifiers there. I think, in my opinion, we probably will. So what do you think, in your opinion, you probably will? When? I mean, it does look like it's going to happen this year. Why? Well, we're now at the point where um, the car can drive on highways and in cities with, um, and where an, uh, a human intervention is extremely rare. Um, so, uh, I mean, just... I was able to drive for several days uh, just dropping a navigation pen in random locations in the greater Austin area with no interventions. And the same in San Francisco, which is a very difficult place to drive. So, I mean, it's, you've got bus lanes, one-way streets, uh, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> so it's quite, quite a challenging homeless situation. Um, you were driving recently in San Francisco where the car was? I, I have been doing, doing that quite a lot because yeah. of Twitter's headquartered uh, Of course. There. <laughs> <laughs> so, Maybe less. Maybe a little less soon. Yeah. Um, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. But go, go, finish your it, point, it, though, it, in it, terms it does, of why you feel more, why you're optimistic. I'm optimistic for, for that reason, which is that the, I, I, I've actually never, um, this is the, the first time I've had a situation where there's been several days in a row going, picking random destinations and having no uh, safety-related intervention. The first time ever. Um, I want to get to a lot of other topics, but you know, I am curious on Tesla in particular. Um, one thing I haven't heard you discuss is is the impact on your business of the Inflation Reduction Act. At least I haven't heard it. Maybe you've discussed it. Um, you know, Adam Jonas, who follows your company at Morgan Stanley, yeah. said we believe the IRA is so advantageous to Tesla in terms of absolute dollars versus the legacy <laughs> OAMs, it could equal as much as 45 percent of current earnings per share. Is the IRA going to be usually beneficial to your company? I, I th I'm not sure it'd be, it's going to be that beneficial. Um, uh, there's, um, there, are, there are significant advantages for, uh, for uh, having domestic production of batteries, uh, which I think is important uh, for uh, strategic reasons. Uh, for, you know, I think uh, as we move to uh, an electric transport economy, I think it's important for the United States to um, have some independence uh, with respect to battery production, including all of the precursors necessary for a battery. So the, the IRA strongly incents that. Um, and I think that will prove to be uh, something of um, important, in, of, of national strategic importance in the future. So I, I, I'm not sure I would say it's as, as good as, say, a 45% increase in uh, earnings per share, or 40%. It, it, it's, it's a, is it significant? It's helpful. Though? Yeah, yeah. Helpful. I, I would say it's maybe it's uh, half that or something. Okay, uh, but I mean, twenty percent is, yeah. is quite significant. Yeah. Have you mapped it out at all? Do you have a, a, a sense? I mean, obviously, you talk about storage, for example, which yeah. is so important. You spend time on that as well. The mega pack. Is it beneficial in that particular area beyond obviously the 
the, the credits, the tax credits that certain people get for buying a Tesla? Yeah, there's, two, there's really two parts to the um, uh, IRA. Uh, there's the uh, incentive for battery manufacturing. Um, and it's really quite a detailed. It's, it's actually a very well-written uh, bill in, in that it's, it really makes sure that you can't game it. <laughs> You know, so you actually have to build the batteries in, in the U.S., and you actually have to build the precursors to the batteries. Um, but if you do, uh, it is, um, uh, I believe, $30 uh, at, the, at the cell level and $15 at the pack level, I believe, if, if I recall correctly. So uh, that, that, that is uh, very significant for, for batteries. And then you've got the uh, consumer tax credit for EVs, provided they are built in the U.S., uh, and, and that the pack is built in the U.S. Yeah. So, um, now, now this, this, this is the, really the first time that we've, we've actually had the, you know, t t the, the first time in many years that Tesla's actually had the uh, consumer tax credit. Yes. Uh, because we actually exceeded the limit for the consumer tax credit several years ago. Um, and so up until December, uh, or until January this year, I should say, uh, there was no uh, consumer tax incentive to buy a Tesla. Uh, but there, there was for the other car companies uh, because they had not reached, they've not made that many electric cars. Right, they didn't reach their limit. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact. Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand. NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Yeah. Um, you know, before I wrap on Tesla, I, I would like to get to China, which is obviously an important market for you. Um, you know, I, I noticed that chart you put up. BYD is the only company that seems to be making money mm -hmm. so far. Um, are you concerned at all about, um, you know, ruthless pricing sort of at the low end in the Chinese market and what that will mean to your market share there? Um, well, uh, currently a limitation um, with, uh, is, the, is, the, is the production rate um, of our Shanghai factory. It's not demand. So, um, I mean, uh, 
so, so that's there's some constraints on our ability to expand in China, um, and um, and so it's we're making as many cars as we can. It's not a demand issue. Uh, and you're going to be making batteries soon as well. Uh, yes, yes. Um, for the, the mega pack, um, for for mostly for non non U.S. markets. Uh, yeah. So. Are you concerned at all about the growing belligerence between China and the U.S.? Um, I think that should be a concern for everyone. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think yeah. it is shared by many people who run large organizations and smaller ones. Do you think, for example, China will will make a move to take control of Taiwan? The official the official, the official policy of China is uh, that um, Taiwan should be integrated. One does not need to read between the lines. One can simply read the lines. Do you think? That, <laughs> so I, I think there's a certain there's some inevitability to to the situation. That would not be good for Tesla, conceivably, or for any any company in the world, frankly. Yes, for any company in the world. I, I, I think most almost no no one realizes that uh, uh, the Chinese economy and, and the global the rest of the global economy are like conjoined twins. Uh, it, it would be like trying to separate conjoined twins. That, that's the severity of the situation. Um, and it's actually uh, worse for, for a lot of other companies than it is for, for uh, Tesla. I mean, I'm not, sure, not sure where you're going to get an iPhone, for example. Um, I mean, Apple's recently started doing some, some sort of small amount of production in, in India, but it's tiny. Compared it's to tiny, to not to mention an advanced semiconductor chip if they take over Taiwan Semi. Correct. So, I mean, you design your own chips, but you manufacture them at Taiwan Semi too, right? Uh, we do some. We do. We do. We use Samsung and TSMC. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> but you seem to think it's it's likely to happen. I'm simply saying that that is their policy, and I think you should take their words seriously. <laughs> they mean it. Um, you know, your time. I think you've said. Back to some of the brief conversations we've had, you know, it's one of the most valuable things in your own control. And I am curious now, and Tesla investors sort of seem to rejoice at the announcement of a new CEO at Twitter in part because they thought, well, he's going to have more time for Tesla. That's true. Uh, is it true? How do you see sort of allocating your time now that you will soon no longer be the CEO of Twitter? Um, yeah, so, um, you know, it, it, was, it was really a very, very challenging um, situation at the point at which the Twitter acquisition closed because, um, you know, in rough terms, uh, uh, <laughs> there was a billion and a half dollars of debt servicing that was added, um, while at the same time, um, there was a massive cyc cyclic. Yeah, you said you were four months away from bankruptcy. You're yeah. going to lose $3 billion in a year, conceivably. Well, unless ne negative $3 billion cash flow and had a billion, billion dollars in the bank. Yeah. Um, no, that's not good. No. <laughs> Anybody who knows anything about corporate finance knows no, that's bad. No, I mean, I, I, I'd say like the, the analogy I was using was it's like being teleported into a plane that's in a nosedive, uh, headed to the ground with uh, the engines on fire and the controls don't work. Right. Yeah. And you were the that's guy. What, who that's, chose what, to, that's what it felt like. You chose to get into the plane. <laughs> well, 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 I did try to exit the deal, and they wouldn't let me. I mean, it was it was a funny situation where when I, when I first first proposed the acquisition, they said, "Hell no." They adopted a poison pill, basically saying they'd rather die <laughs> than, 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 be, than be acquired. Uh, like they'd rather chew on cyanide 
<laughs> and then a few months later, that they're like basically have a gun to my head saying, no, you must acquire us. Yeah. I mean, that's quite a change. It is quite a change. <laughs> but you seem to think, I, I, I can figure out a way out of this until finally, I guess, you realized I can't. It was made clear to me that the decision would not come down in my favor legally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now you have a new CEO. Yes. Um, why? I, I think Linda, 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 Linda Yacrina is going to be great. Why? Um, well, uh, Twitter is, is, is very much an advertising-dependent uh, business. Uh, Linda is obviously incredible at that, and she's just a great executive in general. Um, so, the and um, you know, my my, my skills and uh, interests are in technology. Um, so. Uh, you know, I'll continue to, to, to play a role uh, advancing the software um, and, um, you, know, you know, getting the features and pro product stuff, basically. Right. Um, so, I mean, the, the general idea is Linda, Linda will operate the company and, and, and I will build products. Yep. Uh, and that's, I think, that's, that, that's a good that's a good. And that will take less of your time. Yeah, and I have I, I have that situation at uh, SpaceX. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Gwen Shotwell, who's who's right. amazing, yep. um, uh, you know, operates the company, and I and I, I work in the, the sort of advanced technology, um, right? Built, sort of designing the new rockets and that kind of thing, and and that, that's uh, you know, everyone should play to their strengths, and that's 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 mine. That's true. Although I wonder, you I mean in 2021, you said you spent most of your time on the development of Starship. I think yes. you've also been quoted, I've read, or I think I heard you say, actually, tw uh, most of your mental energy at certain points has been on Starship. Yes. So I wonder, have you been diverted from Starship a little bit and will return to it as the main focus? Or is it Tesla? Uh, you know, again, your time, I know, having tried to schedule this interview with yeah. you. Yeah, time, time triage is a, a real thing for me. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, 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 the, 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 I'd say that the only real currency is time. Time is the only true currency. So where are you going to spend the currency now that you don't have to spend as much at Twitter? Uh, well, I, I'm going to be devoting a lot more time to, to Tesla. Okay. Um, and um, especially on, on the AI development um, and uh, new, new product development. The, and, and then there's, and, and I'll also be allocating some more time to uh, getting Starship to orbit. Um, the in, in the case of SpaceX, um, uh, what I was able to do there was to, t uh, as as the Starlink uh, constellation uh, started working, I was able to move some of the the best people from the Starlink program to the Starship program. Um, so uh, they they were, you know, the the, the timing kind of worked out well. Uh, that that um, I mean, we have really some of the world's best engineers uh, at SpaceX and Tesla. Uh, really some incredible human beings. There was some statistic you shared. I think uh, 3.6 million people applied for a job at Tesla. I think I, didn't, I wrote it down. I didn't write it down here, so let's remember. But that, was that the number? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we, we, there's a lot of demand. Yeah, they are. So, 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 you have um, 127, almost 128,000 employees, but 3.6 million people applying for a job in um, a year. Yes, and I mean, there's you know, we, we would only add like say, twenty or thirty thousand jobs. So it's it's, a, it's sort of it, the the acceptance rate for for Tesla is is it's much more difficult to get into Tesla or SpaceX than Harvard. Right. The acceptance rate is is even lower. It's or like, sta or like Stanford too. Well, yeah, it's 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 the acceptance rate is lower than, than the most uh, demanding universities in the world. Yeah. It's insane. Speaking of employment, though, you had 7,800 people at Twitter when the plane was nosediving. I think you're at 1,500 now, That's so correct. roughly 6,300 people. 
Were they all superfluous? Uh, no, not all. <laughs> so, do you figure out which ones aren't, or is it a little late? You know, sometimes it gets a little late. I mean, look, desperate times call for des desperate measures. So um, the, the, there's no question that uh, some of the people who were let go probably shouldn't have been let go because we, we simply did not have the time to figure out. Uh, we had to be, you know, make, make widespread cuts uh, to get the burn rate under control. So, um, you know, and uh, so, so this is not to say that, hey, everyone who is let go from Twitter is like somehow terrible or something. It's just we, we have to, with very little information, um, uh, get, get the, the, uh, the headcount expenses and, and the, the, the non-personnel expenses down at, uh, to where we're at least break even. And uh, we're, not, we're not quite a break even yet, but we're, but we're close. Uh, we need to do it, to do it fast. And, and if, you, if, you, if you do it fast, unfortunately, there are going to be some babies uh, thrown out with yeah. the bathwater. So, um, so I, definitely, I definitely would not want to say, uh, uh, you know, uh, disparage uh, you know, any, anyone who's uh, left. But it's funny, you know, I hear from other, I've heard from other tech CEOs quietly. They look at what you did at Twitter and they sort of, they won't admit it publicly, but they're, you know, they say, wow, that was something. I mean, to cut that deeply and still be able to sure. run the company. People will argue about how well or things are sure. running. Have you heard from any of these CEOs who said, thank you for doing that, giving us sort of <laughs> runway or leeway to at least make some cuts of our own? Um, I, I have, I've heard that from a few people, and, and I've heard that through the grapevine, yeah. Um, but um, like I said, I, if... if Desperate times call for desperate measures, right. and unfortunately, th those were desperate times. So, do you see starting to? I mean, will Linda hire people? Do you think? Or are you yeah, ready yeah, for absolutely. people to be hired at Twitter? Yeah, no, I, I think we, we absolutely um, uh, need to need to hire people, and, and and if they're not too mad at us, probably rehire some of the people that <laughs> they will let go. <laughs> um, and they're going to have to come into the office. Look, I, I, I'm a big believer that, 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 that people need to are more productive when they're in person. Um, and, um, and, 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 and really, man, I, and the, whole, the whole sort of work from home thing, it's like, I, I, I think it's, look, there are some exceptions, but I, I kind of think that, that the whole notion of work from home is, is a bit like the, you know, the, the, the fake Marie Antoinette quote, let them eat cake. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like it's like really you're going to work from home and you're going to make everyone else who made your car come work to the fact work in the factory. You're going to make the people who make your food that gets delivered that they can't work from home. The you know the the, the people that that come fix your house they they can't work from home, but you can. Does that seem morally right? That's messed up. You see it as a moral issue. Yes. I mean I see it more as and just it's a, a, it's, a, it's, a, a, it's a productivity issue, but yeah. it's also a moral issue. People should get off the goddamn uh, moral high horse with the work from home bullshit. Um, because they're asking everyone else to not work from home while they do. And yet there's, there's still pushback, by the way. It's still yeah. going on. This battle is still happening. I mean, leaders of organizations, and I speak to plenty of them, I want people back. I want people back. Three days a week, they're still battling. Uh, it, it's not clear that yeah. it's ever going to change. People are not coming back no, no, five no, look, days a week. Look, look, peep, the, 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 the laptop class is living in La La Land, okay? The, as I said, the, you, you, you can't, but look at the cars. Are people working from from home here? Of course not. Um, so the, so the people were, were, you know, building cars, servicing the cars, uh, building houses, fixing houses, uh, making the food, um, making all the things that, that 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 people consume. It's it's messed up to assume that that, that yes, they have to go to work, but you don't. 
How is that? Th that is, it's not just a productivity thing. I think it's morally, mor morally wrong. Although productivity is definitely impacted too. And the ability of people yeah, to so learn I and I mean, on and on. Uh, listen, I, I So, I, I mean, look, but, you know, people will disagree with me about this, but I, you know, it's like. Um, so if you want to work at Tesla, you want to work at SpaceX, you want to work at Twitter, you got to come into the office every day. Yes, I mean, you know, like I'm not saying, um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, look, put 40 hours in, you know, and it, frankly, it doesn't even need to be like, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, you could work Monday through Thursday. And I'm also not saying no one should take, I mean, I think people should take vacations. Like, like I work seven days a week, but, but I, I'm not expecting others to do that. Um, How much sleep do you get, by the way? Uh, about six hours. You do? Six hours, typically? Yes. No, that's not bad. I thought it would be less. Uh, I've tried less, but uh, I, uh, my productivity, my, even though I'm awake more hours, I get less done. Okay. And, but you and, work and, and the brain pain level is bad if, is. if I get less than six hours. But you work seven days a week. Yes. Yeah. I, I actually only, um, in, in terms of actually, you say, like, how, how many days in a year do I not put in some meaningful amount of work? It's probably about two or three. Right. Two or three days. A year. Yeah. A year. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. Yes. Um, I want to get to some more specific questions about Twitter that sort of have a more global aspect. And I still want to get to AI. You're going to give us some time here? Can we still? Um, yeah, I think we've got a board meeting coming up, but uh, I'm happy to give as much time as reasonably possible. I think it's maybe at 6 or something. Okay. Well, let's, what um, time is it now? It's 5.42. All right. I'd love another 20. Can you spare yeah, another yeah, 20? Yeah, sure, sure. All right. At least 20. Great. Um, Let's talk about free speech a bit. You know, you call yourself a free speech absolutist. You want Twitter, and this is a I mean, aspirationally. Aspirationally, you want Twitter to be as truthful as possible, the most yes. accurate source of information about the world. Um, so, what does that mean for how you police lies on the platform? You mentioned community notes. Is that the I think, extent of I it? think community notes, yeah. I mean, I'd say so. My overall kind of vision for X or Twitter is uh, to be a cybernetic collective mind for humanity. This is going to sound quite esoteric and sci-fi, but um, so the, if, if, you know, in, in pursuit of that objective, uh, you want to have uh, information move quickly, have that information be uh, accurate, and you want to have error correction on that information. So you can think of community notes as like an error correction uh, on information in the network. Um, and the effect of community notes is actually bigger than it would seem. It's, it's bigger than the number of notes. Uh, because if somebody knows that they're going to get noted, uh, they are less likely to say something that is false 
uh, mm -hmm. because it's embarrassing to get community noted. Okay. But and, somebody, and, those, and that applies even to advertisers, by it, the way. Right, we, you, we've, you, we've, we've lost, uh, at this, <laughs> so far, $40 million in advertising. Um, because, because it was misleading or because the because, community uh, notes said it the, was? The community notes, they get the, 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 two, two pretty big advertisers got community noted. Um, and I, I, I yes. Um, I think on balance the community notes were correct, um, and and I did I did say to those advertisers, look, provide, pro, just go on Twitter and provide uh, some facts that uh, contradict the community note. That's the way to deal with the community note. Is right. to say is is that the community note is saying that the ad is misleading for the following reasons. If you've got information that uh, rebuts that uh, note, then just add that to the ad. Okay. Uh, well, we're coming up on an election. I mean, it's a ways away, but it's going to all start. Um, yeah. President Trump is allowed back on the platform. He hasn't actually come back. Right. But one would imagine if and when he does, or there are others who will say 2020 election was rigged. Is that something, I assume that's not something you believe. I, well, I think the, the, the answer, the, the answer is, is, is nuanced. It, it, like, do, do I believe uh, uh, Biden won? Um, yes, I believe he won. And you voted for him. I did, actually. Do you Trump regret that? I mean, man, I, I wish we could have just a normal human being as president. That's what I want. I think if, 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 if we could, you know, there's that, that old saying of like, we're better, we're better off being run by, um, uh, by people picked at random from the phone book than the faculty of Harvard. Yeah. I don't know who said that, but it was someone very wise. Um, and and I, 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 would, I would say if we could do that for the president, that, that would you be great. You think that would be I beneficial? Just, so you're not, obviously you're not happy with Biden. Don't we all just want a normal human being to be whatever the president? Whatever that means, whatever, you know, I'm not even sure anymore what normal means. No, but I mean like, you know, just, I don't know, just a... You want somebody who's competent. Yeah, That's they, helpful. Yes, I, I think uh, def definitely, um, Somebody's executive ability is underrated since the president is effectively the chief executive officer of the country. Um, it, it actually matters if they are a good ex executive officer. Yeah. It's, it's not simply a matter of do they share your beliefs and, the, you know, um, but, but are they good at, at getting things done? There's a lot of decisions that need to be made every day. Um, many of them are unrelated to uh, moral beliefs, um, you know. Right. And, um, and you just want a good executive. Because <laughs> they're, they're CEO of America. They are. They so are. We want a good CEO of America we, I, who's going to do be an effective. Unfortunately, uh, so, so. we live in highly partisan times uh, where there is war about everything, yeah. including ideas, including the truth. Which gets back to, it's not true that the election in 2020 was rigged. It wasn't stolen. And I wonder on the platform I, when you see yes. that. Does that end up in a community note, or is that something you take more action on? And obviously, that applies yes. to so many. I mean, to be clear, I I, I, I don't think it, it it was it was a stolen election. Um, uh, but by the same token, if if somebody's going to say that there's there's never any election fraud anywhere, this is obviously also false. Yeah. Um, if if you if you, if a hundred million people vote, the probability that the fraud is zero is zero. There's going oh, to be no, of course, there's always going to be some. A but little. Is it going to, right. I mean, uh, the, the tiniest is, bit, is, perhaps. I mean, there were, this election was audited. It was so many judges. I sure. mean, it went on and on and on. And there was no nothing whatsoever that 
I don't um, want to debate this with you. My question is more about. I think it's important to say, like, that in any given election, even if you try your hardest, if you've got 100 million votes, there's going to be some some amount of fraud that is not zero. And and that that it's important to acknowledge that without saying that that the fraud was of sufficient magnitude to change the outcome. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, so my opinion would be that there was some there was some small amount of fraud, but it was not enough to change the right. Outcome. And by the way, it might have been either way. I mean, I you know. Yeah, yeah. this is probably a little bit. Of each but way. again, it's going to be you're going to let people say that though on the on Twitter, and then you're going to hope that they're corrected. And they will be emails. corrected. They will be. Oh yeah, hundred um, <laughs> percent. Let's talk a bit about your tweets um, because it comes up a lot. Um, even today, it, it came up in you know anticipation of this. I mean. Um, you know, you do some tweets that seem to be, or at least give support to some who would call others conspiracy theories. Well, yes, but I mean, honestly, you know, some of these conspiracy theories uh, have turned out to be true. Which ones? Well, like the, the Hunter Biden laptop. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, you know that, that 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 was a pretty big deal. There was Twitter and 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 others engaged in active suppression of information that was relevant to the public. Um, that's that's a that's a terrible thing that happened. That's election but, interference. But how do you make a choice? You don't see. I mean, in terms of when you're going to engage. I mean, for example, even today, Elon, you 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 tweeted this thing about George Soros. Well, I'm looking for it because I want to make sure I quote it properly. But I mean, you know what you wrote, but. You basically, I think it reminds me of Magneto. This is like, you know, calm down, people. This is not like made a, like a federal well, case s- out of it. <laughs> you, also, you, know, <laughs> you said he wants to erode the very fabric of civilization and Soros hates humanity. Like, when you do something like that, do you yeah, think Yeah, I think about, that's true. That's my opinion. Okay. But why share it? Why share it? Especially, be, I mean, why share it when people who buy Teslas may not agree with you? Advertisers on Twitter may not agree with you. Um... Why not just say, hey, I think this. You can tell me. We can talk about it over there. You can tell your friends. But why share it widely? I mean, uh, this is freedom of speech. I'm allowed to say what I want. You absolutely are. But I'm trying to understand why you do, because you have to know it's got a, it puts you in in the middle of the partisan divide in the country. It makes you a a lightning rod for criticism. I mean, do you like that? you know, people today are saying he's an anti-Semite. I don't think you are. No, I'm definitely. I'm, I'm like I'm like a pro-Semite, <laughs> if anything. <laughs> I I believe that probably is the case. Yes. But why would you even introduce the idea then that that would be the the case? I, I mean, look, we don't want to make this a George Soros interview. No, um, God no. I don't. So, I don't want it at uh, all. But I'm what I'm trying. Even came up though in the annual meeting. I mean, you know, do your tweets hurt the company? Are there Tesla owners who say, I don't agree with his political position because, and I know it because he shares so much of it. Or are there advertisers on Twitter that Linda Yaccarino will come and say, you got to stop, man. Or, you know, I can't get these ads because of some of the things you tweet. You know, I'm reminded of uh, the, the, the scene in The Princess Bride, great movie, great movie. Um, where he confronts the person who killed his father, and he says, offer me money, offer me power, I don't care. So you just don't care. 
you want to share what you have to say? I'll say what I want to say, and if, 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 uh, if the consequence of that is losing money, so be it. Okay. But, I mean, when you, when you, when you link to somebody who's talking about the guy who killed children in a mall in, in Allen, Texas, and you, you say something like it might be a bad psyop. I'm not quite sure what you meant, but. Oh, uh, in, in that particular case, uh, there was uh, a, uh, s somehow, th that, that's, not, not, not that the, 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 the that the, obviously people, people were killed, but the, it was, I think, incorrectly ascribed to be a white supremacist action. Um, and the evidence for that uh, was some obscure Russian website that no one's ever heard of that had no followers. Um, and the, the, the company that, came, that found this is Bellingcat. Right. And do you know what Bellingcat does? PsyOps. Right. I couldn't really even follow exactly what it was you were trying to express there, so that's in part why I was curious. I'm, but I'm saying that I thought this, the, 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 the ascribing it to white supremacy was bullshit. Okay. And, and, uh, and, 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 and that the information for that uh, came from an obscure Russian website and was somehow magically found by Bellingcat, which is a company that does PSYOPs. And there's no proof, by the way, that he was not. There's no, I, I would say that there's no proof that he is. And that's a debate you want to get into on Twitter? Yes. Because we should not be ascribing things to white supremacy uh, if, if, they're, if it's false. Um, can we talk about AI now? Sure. Actually, I want to talk about AI. Well, let me end with Twitter in the sense of Sam Altman was on the Hill today. And he said AI's ability to manipulate interactive disinformation is a significant area of concern. It's, it's yes. moving so quickly. It, it is a significant how, area of concern. And how, you know, I, yeah, I'm curious as to whether you agree with that, how you see that even playing out on Twitter with people who... Yeah. Who knows? Somebody could you know, so, look so, like you and, 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 or me and use our voice. I don't know what it could be. Oh, that, 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 that is happening big time. Um, so the, 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 so the, the, the reason that I'm um, uh, asking people to be verified on, on Twitter and, and, um, and, and that we're uh, saying, okay, verification means you've got a phone number from a reputable carrier, uh, which means that you've at least passed through whatever their... Uh, uh, security mechanisms are that you have a, a credit card, which so you now uh, have uh, passed through whatever security mechanisms the, the credit card company has, and that there's some small amount of money paid per month. Um, uh, well, th that that set of actions um, uh, significantly increases the cost of of, of fake accounts, um, and the with with modern with with the latest AI. Um, it can bypass basically every test for are you a human. Right. So, so then how do you know that a, a million accounts were created? How do you know that those are people? I and, don't know. How do you? Exactly. You, you, have, to do, you have to do account verification. Um, the, and, and the thing that makes, the, the, I, like, if I, I sort of put myself in the position of like, if it was my goal to uh, manipulate public opinion um, and create millions of accounts and make it seem as though a topic was trending, um, and, and, that, and that this is actually what the public believes. Um, and, but in order to do so, I, I had to ha get a million phone numbers, a million credit card numbers, and pay, uh, you know, uh, eight bucks a month. Right. Um, 
and, and, and have that all not be traceable and clustered, I would say it's impossible. Impossible. So the, the goal of the, uh, of the sort of Twitter verification is fundamentally to prevent AI manipulation of the system. Got it. Um, final question on Twitter. Uh, Walter Isaacson, your biographer, he said your big goal for Twitter is disrupting the banking industry. Uh, well, is that accurate? Um, I, I'd say that's 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 a that's a I, look. First of all, I, I don't want to disrupt something for the sake of disrupting it. It's more like if, if there is a better product, that's great. But I'm not out for disruption for the sake of disruption. Um, I'm like, if, if we can make a product that improves uh, quality of life for people that uh, they find more useful, that that's great. Um, and. Um, uh, what, what people see in PayPal is sort of like a, sort of a halfway, uh, it's sort of a, sort of a, it's frankly, ha sort of a half-baked version of what it could be. Um, and, um, and so I think there's potential to create um, uh, a, a more efficient financial s uh, system. Um, and, and here we can get, again, quite, quite esoteric uh, and sort of into sort of information theory. But, um, the, the actual financial system today uh, is a heterogeneous set of databases uh, running on mainframes and COBOL um, that still engage in batch processing. It's really quite uh, uh, very inefficient. Um, so um, things are still not real time. Um, and, and so it's possible to have um, a, a much more efficient, uh, homogenous, real time uh, data system. Money is just information. Um, and, um, and so the so, but, but that's not like the only reason. It's it's just a thing that that would be, I think, poetic to fulfill ultimately the vision that I had for X uh, in, uh, over uh, 23 years ago, um, right. and 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 actually see that come to fruition would would be nice. But but there are many other things uh, for for Twitter. It's, it's not just uh, financial. Stuff. Well, you, you talk about enhancing humanity. Uh, you know, I'm curious then about AI, uh, which many people say will lead to great productivity gains. You showed those robots. I mean, I can imagine what they conceivably could do when powered by AI. But I'm also curious, because you've certainly been concerned, what percentage do you give the chance that it will destroy humanity? Well, the, the advent of artificial general intelligence is um, called a singularity because uh, it is so hard to predict what will happen after that. Um, it, it, I think it's 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 very much a double double-edged sword. I think in, it's there's there's a, there's a strong probability that it will make life much better, uh, and that we'll have an age of abundance, um, and and there's some chance that it goes wrong, um, and uh, destroys humanity. Hopefully that chance is small, but it's not zero. Um, and so I think we want to take whatever actions we can think of to minimize the probability that AI goes wrong. And you've called for a pause, along with a number of other people. Yes, I, I, look, when I called for the, yeah, <laughs> a, friend, a friend of mine, Max Tegmark, is a physicist at, at uh, MIT, um, you know, wanted me to sign on to the letter. And it's, it's like, I, I, I knew it would be futile. Uh, it is futile. There's it's never, futile. There's I, I knew it would be futile. I just want to call it like, it's one of those things, well, for the record, I recommended that we pause. Okay. Uh, did, did I think we would, there would be a pause? Absolutely not. <laughs> so, but um, you're, you're starting uh, XAI, I, th I think that's what you're calling it, or some new AI effort. Um, well, how is it going to be different than OpenAI or Alphabet? This, this, is, this is not the time to, to uh, this, uh, 
There's not, I, I, we don't have enough time, and, and, and nor is this the moment to really talk about it. Okay. Um, we, we will have a launch event, and, and we'll explore the, the issues uh, in, in more detail. But um, I, I should say that, that uh, and, I, and I mentioned this at the shareholder meeting, that um, Tesla has actually um, uh, tremendous capability in real-world AI. Yes. In fact, it is far ahead of of anyone. I know people actually on Twitter prior to our interview were saying, you know, he never gets asked about how advanced his AI is at Tesla. You always talk about the other names. Tesla AI is, uh, like I said, by, it's like, is it, there's not, I'm not even sure who's second, frankly. Um, why is that? Why, then what, what are people not understanding about what you have and why are we talking so much about ChatGPT and generative AI at OpenAI and what Microsoft's going to be able to do with it and not about Tesla? I don't know. I mean, people do talk about it online. Um, I, think I think Tesla will have sort of a chat GPT moment. Maybe the, if, if not this year, I'd say no later than next year. Um, Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. You're, you're going to have a sort, of, a sort of chat GPT moment. Oh, you will in terms of suddenly it will. Yeah, suddenly three million cars will be able to drive themselves right. with no one. Right. It goes back to that. Right. Yeah. And then five million cars and then 10 million cars. So um, the. the and, 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 and I, would, I would also say that um, if, if positions were reversed um, and say, um, well, in fact, the positions are, are reversed. For, for example, G Google has Waymo, which is, uh, uh, you know, uh, sort of attempting self-driving. And they are able to make self-driving work in a very limited uh, geography with, with very tightly mapped streets. But as soon as, any, as, soon as there's anything goes wrong with those streets, like if there's an accident or a parade um, or road construction, uh, it's, right. It stops working. It, basically, uh, uh, Google is unable to, to to produce a generalized solution to self-driving that works anywhere. They've been trying to do that for a long time. They have been unsuccessful. Tesla, Tesla, basically has that and 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 is is, is far more advanced th th than Google. Yeah. And so, if the positions were reversed and you said, okay, um, uh, Tesla's got to produce a, a large language model that has output. Uh, equal to or greater than uh, ChatGPT, uh, or Microsoft OpenAI has to do self-driving, and we, we just we, fl we flip the tasks, Tesla would win. You'd win? Yes. And you have the computing power and everything else you yeah. need to do it? Absolutely. Um, I'm being told we don't have that much time. Do you, can you give me another five minutes, or <laughs> yeah. what do you think? Yeah, I you think can. so. Okay. I do have a board meeting. I know. But, I would, uh, I, but I, five minutes is probably fine, sure. OK, thank you. Um, um, OpenAI, I mean, you seem somewhat frustrated with them. You were one of the big contributors early on. The reason, I, I am the reason OpenAI exists. Um, How much money did you give them? Um, so, uh, I, I, I'm not sure the exact number, but it's some, some number on, on the order of $50 million. Uh, so, so, the, the <laughs> man, fate loves irony, next level. Um, so, I used to be close friends with Larry Page, and I would stay at his house, and we'd have these conversations long into, long into the evening um, about AI, and I, I, would, I would be constantly urging him to be careful about the danger of, of AI, and, um, and, and, and he, he, just, he was really not concerned about the danger of AI and was quite cavalier about it. Um, and um, and, and, and at, at the time, uh, Google, especially after their acquisition of DeepMind, had three quarters of the world's AI talent. They had obviously a lot of computers and a lot of money. Um, so it was a unipolar world for, for AI. 
and and so we've got a unipolar world, but but the the person who who controls that does not, or at least did not, seem to be concerned about AI safety. That that sounded that sounded like a real problem. So, um, and, and then the final straw was uh, Larry calling me a speciesist uh, for being um, pro-human consciousness <laughs> oh, instead yeah. of machine consciousness. And I'm like, well, yes, I guess I am. I I am a speciesist. And and, and uh, so and, right. And, so you <laughs> helped to the creation of OpenAI. You put yeah, in so as much as fifty million dollars. More than helped. It wouldn't exist without it me. It wouldn't exist without you. So um, I came up with a name. Right. Uh, the name uh, OpenAI refers to open source. Um, so, so the intent was: what's the okay? So what was the opposite? What's the opposite of um, of Google? Would would be a an open source nonprofit because Google is closed sourced for profit, um, and that profit motivation can be potentially dangerous. Um, so, uh, should you've gotten governance for that money? Should you have gotten some level of control, perhaps, in retrospect? Yeah, I, I, I fully admit to being a huge idiot here. Um, so, um, anyway, so, so OpenAI was like meant to be OpenAI, open as an open source. Uh, it was created as a 501c3. Um, and, um, but, but I, so, so part of it is also in the beginning, I thought, look, this is, this is probably a hopeless endeavor. How could we possibly compete with, uh, how, how could OpenAI possibly compete with, with Google DeepMind? I mean, this, this seemed like, an ant against an elephant, you know, which is not, not a contest. Um, and, um, and I was also, uh, I mean, I, 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 I was instrumental in, in recruiting the, the, the key uh, scientists and engineers, most specifically, most notably, uh, Ilya Sutskaya. Um, in fact, um, uh, Ilya went back and forth several times because he, he would say he's going to join OpenAI, then Demis would convince him not to, then I, I, I would convince him to do so. And then and this went back and forth several times, and ultimately he decided to join OpenAI. And, and really, uh, uh, Ilya joining was the, was, was the linchpin for right. uh, OpenAI being ultimately successful. So you're very disappointed in what's happened there in terms of it becoming a for-profit. Did you I, take I any action? Did you sue them in some way? I, I, I do think that there's some... I, look... It does seem weird that something can be um, a nonprofit uh, open source and somehow transform itself into a for-profit closed source. Um, I mean, this would be like, like, let's say you funded an organization to save the Amazon rainforest, and instead they became a, a lumber company <laughs> and chopped down the forest and sold it for money. And you'd be therefore like, well, wait a second, that's uh, the exact opposite of what I gave the money for. Yeah. Uh, is that legal? That doesn't seem legal. Uh, and if it is, and, and in general, if it is legal to uh, start a company as a nonprofit and then take the IP and transfer it to a for-profit that then makes tons of money, um, shouldn't everyone start? Shouldn't that be the default? Right. Um, and, and, and then I also think it's important to understand the, the like, like when push comes to shove, let's say they do create some, some digital superintelligence, almost godlike intelligence, well, who's in control? Yeah. And, and what ex exactly is the relationship between OpenAI and Microsoft? Um, and I do worry that uh, Microsoft actually may be more in control than, say, the leadership team at OpenAI realizes. Um,
I mean, Microsoft, ha as part of the Microsoft investment, they have uh, rights to all of the software, all of the model weights, and everything necessary to run the inference system. So they essentially have a great deal of control. At any point, Microsoft could cut off OpenAI. Um, Elon, I'm being told we have to wrap up. Your board has been very um, <laughs> sure. patient. I, I want to end on one AI question. You have a lot of kids. I have some kids. I have one who's actually um, soon to go into the workforce. I struggle with how to advise him about a career when this technology exists and will only improve. I'm just curious, when you think about advising your children on a career with so much that is changing, what do you tell them is going to be a value? Well, that is a tough question to answer. Um, I guess um, I would just say, you know, to, to sort of follow their heart in terms of what they, they find um, interesting to do or fulfilling to do. Um, and, um, you know, try to be as useful as possible to the rest of society. Um, you know, if, if we do get to the sort of like magic genie situation where um, you can ask the AI for, for anything, um, and let's say it's even the benign scenario. Let's say it's a benign scenario. How do we actually find fulfillment? You know, it's uh, how do we find meaning in life if uh, the AI could do your job better than you can? Um, I mean, if I think about it too hard, it, frankly, it can be uh, dispiriting and uh, demotivating um, because, I mean, I, I go through, I, I mean, I. I I've put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into building the companies, and then, it, and then I'm like, wait, well, should I be doing this? Because if I'm sacrificing time with friends and family that I would prefer to, to, to do, but, but then ultimately the AI can do all these things, does that make sense? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> to some extent, I have to have deliberate suspension of disbelief in order to, be, to remain motivated. Um, so I, I guess I would say just, you know, work on things that you find interesting, fulfilling, and, um, and, and that contribute uh, some good to the rest of society. Okay. Well, that's a great place to end. There's so much we didn't get to. I hope you'll give me another chance to sit down with you. But Elon, thank you for being so generous with your time. Thanks to your board for waiting as well. And thanks for having us here at this incredible facility. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Pleasure. Carl, I'm going to send it back to you. <laughs> Fantastic, David. Thank you. That's our David Faber speaking one-on-one -on -one with Tesla CEO Elon Musk. A wide variety of topics tonight. EVs, Twitter, AI, and a lot more, as you heard. Let's get some reaction. Phil LeBeau's here, Julia Borston, Morgan Brennan with us, as well as Fast Money trader Dan Nathan and Gene Munster from Deepwater Asset Management. Gene, let me begin with you. you know, the, the, the challenge with listening to Musk is that there's always the aspirational and the theoretical, and then there's the practical and the strategic. Uh, what was most important to you tonight? I think the strategic piece, and I think that's where Elon really shines, and specifically just his, I think, focus towards the uh, latter part of that conversation related to AI. And I think a couple big pieces really stood out to me. One was this concept of having a breakthrough moment, a chat GPT moment around FSD. It totally makes sense. 
AI was simmering for many years and then it just broke through. And I think his commentary around that is encouraging to his comments about timing of FSD. He still thinks it's in within a year. I think the other piece that stood out uh, strategically is just what he's doing with X.AI, this new business. It doesn't sound like it's as much around payments. It sounded like there's a thorn in his side related to open AI. And I suspect that you're going to hear, they said there's going to be a launch event and I bet there are going to be uh, variations of uh, products from uh, X.AI that will compete with OpenAI. And so those were the two uh, things that really popped out to me. Interesting. Morgan, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's FSD or AI or space, he did acknowledge that he is uh, a pathological optimist. He's a pathological optimist, and he has said many times in the past that he is basically, you know, looking to make the world a better place and even an interplanetary species, right? So SpaceX didn't come up very much in this conversation um, other than to talk a little bit about Starship. And actually to make the comparison with Linda Yaccarino coming on now as CEO at, at Twitter to the relationship he has with Gwen Shotwell uh, at SpaceX. And we know that that has been a very successful dynamic and working relationship at SpaceX, which is now the world's most highly valued private company, private startup, if you want to call it that. It's, it was, you know, it's over tw two decades old um, at $140 billion and doing stuff that nobody else in the space industry can do. So it'll be interesting to see how that relationship takes off now. On Twitter, Julia, the f headlines may need to hire more. Linda's going to be great. Uh, uh, and if, it, if, if speaking my mind, is the consequences uh, costing me money? So be it. Yeah, uh, interesting conversation there between him and David on the topic of free speech. I have to echo what Morgan said. He was very clear that having Lindy Acrino in there running the business side of Twitter will free him up to focus on the products and just free him up in general. I think that's why we saw Tesla shares go up on that news of Lindy Acrino's hire. Uh, but he did talk about the advertising challenges at Twitter. He actually blamed some of the advertising decline and the facts that people, the fact that people were making comments that some ads were misleading and that in fact lost some advertisers. I think that might be um, up for debate, but I'd be curious to hear more about that. But he said he really wants to speak his mind. David said, why are you tweeting out all these things um, if it might actually end up alienating advertisers, which is a key question. And I'm sure something that Lindy Acarino is going to be digging into. He said, I want to be able to speak my mind. Phil, as for the auto business itself, he talked yep. about pricing demand to supply, yep. um, talked about uh, China, maybe the most chilling moment was the idea that uh, the Chinese leadership thinks of Taiwan as, as part of their country. Yeah, and he didn't dodge the question. I mean, he didn't come out and say, look, I think China is going to attack Taiwan, but he also didn't downplay the possibility. He said, look, that's their policy. We ought to take them at their word. I think that's exactly what he said. China is an interesting challenge for Tesla from the standpoint of, he said that, you know, they have more demand than they can, can meet with production right now. I am telling you, everybody that I talk with who deals with Chinese automakers have said, and time and again, they are coming hard on the lower end, and they will continue to push Tesla to cut their prices there. And that's not ending anytime soon. And, and we're not just talking about BYD. There are scores of Chinese automakers that people have not heard of that are coming on strong. And so while that may not impact his business here in the U.S., it will impact definitely in China, the world's largest auto market, largest EV market. And by the way, the Chinese are now replicating that game plan in Europe. So we will see it play out there, too. Is it fair to ask you, Dan, if tonight makes you want to own the stock more or less? 
No. I, I mean, like, listen, he meandered around a lot of stuff, and, and I don't think it was particularly informative. And I'll just say this. The one thing that I take away from this is that he used the term cavalier about open AI and, and basically how they're thinking about um, AI in general. And what I thought was really cavalier is his comment about FSD. And, and you know, he's promised that it's a year away um, every year for the last seven or eight years. Which David tried to pin him down on. Yeah, I, but, but to me, the comment that he made is, like, I'm dropping pins all over Austin, and this thing's taking me everywhere. That's very cavalier. I mean, the, like, these are not um, particularly safe, you know, means of getting around right now. So to me, I think he's going to be faced with a lot of those same questions as they get closer to FSD. I'm sure we're going to slice and dice this uh, tonight and tomorrow. But in the meantime, we thank you for watching this CNBC special presentation. Last Call is now going to pick up the analysis of David's exclusive with Elon Musk. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.